Welcome to Critical Value, the podcast from the Urban Institute that explores issues of significance for research, policy, and people. I'm your host, Justin Milner. When you think about America's pathways to economic opportunity, what do you think of as the first step? For a long time, there's been a focus on getting all kids to go to college. College, college, college. That is the word that teens and students constantly hear all over the nation, if not the world. Students work so hard to make sure they get into college until it becomes their number one life goal. Schools encourage students to get good grades just so they can go to college. And you probably heard this a lot growing up. Hit the books, study hard, and you'll make it. But for people who don't pursue or finish college, it can be a challenge to transition from a high school education to a rewarding career. And frankly, not all rewarding careers really require the skills you learn in a college class. Like, say, what it takes to hit a home run. And Rendon shoots one in the left. Back at the wall, it is gone! Anthony Rendon! Anthony Rendon is a wonderful baseball player, has great skills. You wouldn't judge his skill on the basis of how well he did on a reading test or a math test. That's Bob Lerman, an expert here at the Urban Institute, talking about the world champion Washington Nationals superstar third baseman. And baseball might be an extreme example, but as Bob points out, lots of careers require skills that aren't taught in a classroom, like the ones needed for construction, manufacturing, hospitality, or the restaurant world. There's a huge demand in the labor market right now, and a lot of jobs require specialized skills. Today, we're going to talk about an increasingly traveled pathway for young people to launch successful careers. It's called youth apprenticeship. Now, for a lot of people, when they hear the word apprentice, they think of two words. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Bob says apprenticeships are all about giving students on-the-job training in a real workplace. Well, apprenticeships are for anybody that wants to gain an occupational capability mostly by doing something, mostly by learning by doing in real workplaces. And in many countries, that covers a very broad spectrum of occupations, from accounting to beekeeper to obviously construction. Countries like Austria, Switzerland, Germany, and Denmark have embraced youth apprenticeship programs for a long time, like medieval blacksmith Mason Miller Weaver Long. Bob says these countries have a tradition of thinking about workforce skills differently than the U.S. does. We we think of skill almost entirely through educational attainment and test scores. And that's what we measure. That's what we judge ourselves we do have a huge establishment that has believed in what I call the academic-only approach to learning, where you stay in school as long as you can, and then you look for a job, or maybe you take a year year or two off and then go back to school. So we have this backdrop of huge educational establishment that has not really been tested as far as their human capital impact. But there are other routes to building human capital. 
Diana Elliott, another urban expert, says employers who take on apprentices start by teaching them some basic skills and then supporting them as they learn. So you're going to have an employer who's walking somebody through the different tasks and job functions that they would need to perform on the job. So let's say it's um, working in an advanced manufacturing shop. Somebody's going to learn how to do the very basics of, you know, maybe they're working on a drill, a drill press to start, or maybe they're doing some very basic activities to start with before they're doing more advanced things. It gives people exposure to what a job is actually really like. And there are some kids who learn better by doing. I mean, most of us learn better by doing, right? You learn skills, you gradually get better, you take on more successive challenges, you receive incremental pay raises as you get better. Darla Burton works with the Wisconsin Department of Workforce Development in the Bureau of Apprenticeship. In her state, Youth Apprenticeship is a two-year program that combines schooling with hands-on work experience. Students can start when they're 16, so it's typically high school juniors and seniors, and it's a work-based learning program. So they take related instruction either in their high school or a technical college, and they're placed in a job that they're interested in, and then they work a minimum of 450 hours at the job and take two semesters a year of related instruction. So a total of 900 hours, if they do the two-year program. Now, you might be thinking that apprenticeships sound a lot like internships, and you wouldn't be alone. But if you mentioned it to Diana, she would push back. So you'll talk to people who don't really understand what an apprenticeship is. And they say, well, yeah, we offer internships. We have them come in the summer and they're not paid and then they leave. Like that's not what an apprenticeship is at all. You are hiring someone, you're investing in that person, you're invested in their growth. You want them to achieve those metrics. You're building talent from within. Diane explains that we typically think of apprenticeship programs as tied to trade industries like construction and agriculture. But a wide variety of careers are well-suited to apprenticeships, even some highly technical fields. The trades have typically been where most apprenticeships have happened, um, and they have a really sort of robust training system set up around that. But there's no reason why tech or hospitality or healthcare couldn't also have that same robust sector-wide system. In Wisconsin, Darla connects young people to apprenticeship opportunities in many different sectors. We have a lot of manufacturing jobs. Welding is a very popular one with students. It's very concrete. Health sciences is large. Also, certified nursing assistants are very popular. Everybody knows what a nurse is. And, of course, there are good wages. We have a lot in farming as well. Students can choose from large animal or crops. So they can either go kind of the the barn side of things with taking care of livestock, or they can go in the field and learn how to raise the crops and plant and harvest and all the things that go into that. Hospitality and tourism is huge in Wisconsin. So a huge variety of things for them to choose from. The thing about apprenticeships is that they are all about hands-on experience. So they can also offer a way for students who learn differently than others. Here's Bob. Youth apprenticeship is really about engagement. Young people who are not engaged and perhaps bored in school, maybe not doing very well in school, not motivated sufficiently about how what they're learning in school is going to help them. They have a much more direct link between what they are learning in some sort of classroom and what they're doing at the work site. My view is that we have 
created great disadvantages for people who learn better by doing than who learn simply in a classroom setting. There are huge numbers of people, including very bright people, who would get bored during class and who would get very engaged in actually doing something. I asked Darla to pretend I was a student and try convincing high school me to become an apprentice. So, Justin, how would you like to get paid to go to school? How would you like to get out of class during the day? I mean, not that all students want to get out of high school, but it's just kind of the, the first thing some of them think about is maybe a way to shorten those class hours for them. But students can use the school day to go to work because it is work-based learning. So they're getting skills on the job during the day, and those work hours are, don't count towards employment of minors. Kevin Yonker was a student at Jordan Vocational High School in Columbus, Georgia, when he heard about youth apprenticeship. Oh, I've lived in Columbus my whole life, and none of my school mattered until Jordan. And I, uh, I started going to Jordan, and it's a, it's a vocational school, right? They do a lot of technical stuff. They have a bunch of shops, and they're trying to get kids ready for the, the manufacturing industry and the welding industry and all that stuff. Following a presentation at his high school, Kevin joined a youth apprenticeship program. After some interviews, he landed at Pratt & Whitney, a major aerospace manufacturer. Not surprisingly, the program was, at first, a little intimidating. Oh, I mean, it was kind of overwhelming, you know. You, um, you're just a kid. You have no idea, you know, how to run any of these machines. It's a giant place. It's a giant, intimidating aisle. You have to get checked in at security. You got to... Well, past all these other machines, you know, you're being led by this guy you never met. He says, oh, yeah, so this is what we do. We're proud of Whitney. Welcome aboard. Here's all these activity machines you've never run before, you've never seen before. So I guess, I guess the one word would be overwhelming. But over time, Kevin got more and more comfortable. And what's really cool is that when he finished the apprenticeship program, he was offered a job. No longer an apprentice. He's now a Pratt & Whitney employee. I mean, it feels like home. I, you know, I'm always there. You know, I work three, four days a week. I'm on weekend shifts, so if I do a fourth day, it's overtime. Plenty of opportunities for that. And uh, most of the people I work with are really professional and nice. You know, always willing to help somebody out. I think we're a pretty close-knit team. And being an apprentice has meant a lot to Kevin. Here's what he would counsel other youth thinking about joining up. The program changed my life. I would tell them... You know, just look at me, you know, I, uh, I, I was a kid with, you know, no goals or ambitions. I went through the program. I started thinking about my career. I started thinking professionally, and I, I'd say it works. I'd say it's a great opportunity for any kid who is interested in it, and it should be more widely available. Darla and Diana agree with Kevin. They've seen apprenticeship programs change lives. Yes, I think a lot of times students might not make always make the connection through the academic skills they're learning, but once they see it on the job, we just really see the light bulb go on. And we've had students come back into the classroom and ask the other students to be quiet because they need to learn this stuff for, um, for work. So that's always exciting. They immediately start learning how to be a specialist and an employee in a field where it usually takes a lot of technical know-how. And it's not something where the entry point is usually open to people fresh out. So 
you know, you hear stories about kids whose lives have been transformed. You know, my favorite are the testimonials of like 23-year-olds saying, I just bought a house. I just bought a car. Nobody my age has these things. You know, it's really sort of powerful. So apprenticeships can be a pretty great deal for students, but many employers naturally have some concerns about the time, energy, and effort it takes to bring in a young apprentice and teach them how to do their first ever job. Diana says there are plenty of reasons for employers to be nervous. I I think there are a bunch of reasons, right? That there's resistance to trying something new. There's resistance to the idea that I'm going to spend a lot of money to train someone and then they're going to leave me which actually the evidence shows that there's higher morale and sort of loyalty among people who are trained as apprentices. Um, There's pushback saying it's way too expensive to do. When I would counter that and say, well, churning through employees and having to constantly hire is also really expensive. Bob says this can be a relatively small investment for employers that can pay off in a big way. Back in 2009, he conducted a survey of employers with apprenticeship programs and found 97% said they would recommend it to others. Once companies realize that building skills is a good way to go, they'll realize that the apprentices are learning not only generic occupational skills, they're learning to apply them in the company's context. And so they're gaining that kind of company culture that any new worker would need if the company is going to succeed. So if Bob was talking to an employer about being a part of a youth apprentice program? I would tell them that the investment in apprenticeships often pay off even during the apprenticeship itself because the apprentices are going to be doing real work. It's very costly to recruit skilled workers. There are estimates that it's two months of full salary to recruit one skilled worker. So there are a range of advantages that will help your company when some of the implicit capital that some of your retirees may take with them to transmit that to the next generation of workers can be done through a learning by doing process. So we've found that in many countries, there's a return to the apprenticeship investment during the apprenticeship itself. Darla says in Wisconsin, once employers try out apprenticeship programs, they're usually sold. Once they're in it, they love it. The students bring some extra excitement a lot of times to the job. You know, they'll, they'll bring their skills that they have on the computer or you know, things they've learned in the related instruction to the employer. So maybe they haven't had anyone new for a while. They'll, they'll get, have cutting edge information from the classroom. And then students just kind of bring that extra excitement. You remember why you went into the field in the first place once they're there. And what's interesting at the national level is that there's actually bipartisan support for apprenticeship from Republicans. I'll be signing an executive order to expand apprenticeships and vocational training to help all Americans find a rewarding career, earn a great living, and support themselves and their families. And from Democrats. Obviously, this is an incredibly important topic, and I know just how important apprenticeships are to closing gaps in our workforce. And I've seen firsthand how important union apprenticeships are when it comes to actually achieving the American dream and keeping it alive. As apprenticeships continue to take off, the U.S. Department of Labor is working to bring more standardization to the programs. 
For example, they're working with research organizations like the Urban Institute to build national frameworks for registered apprenticeships. The goal is to broaden the country's number and scope of apprenticeships that meet specific standards and competencies. What are the competencies you need to be able to achieve those job functions? And whether it's firefighting, whether it's plumbing, whether it's landscape architecture, there's a set of functions that you have to do very well if you're going to satisfy the customer, if somebody's going to actually buy that service from you. But there are still some challenges to scaling up. If Bob could wave a magic wand and change our country's apprenticeship infrastructure, he'd do two key things. Number one, I would make all funding, public funding, that's available for career-oriented learning, available for apprenticeship. Number two, I would embark on an incentive-based pay-for-performance approach to have private companies, nonprofits, community colleges, high schools be incentivized to sell apprenticeships to companies to help them learn how to implement a quality apprenticeship program. And if we did those two things alone, I think we would achieve a a significant scale. And if we had an apprenticeship program of significant scale here in the U.S., Bob says more youth could find satisfaction and real opportunities in their work. I see apprenticeships as widening the routes to rewarding careers. And when I say rewarding careers, I mean that. All of these careers embody a good deal of skill. They all embody an ability to work in a team context, to learn how to listen, to learn how to produce. And that sense of pride that comes out of that is very important to many people. And we only, we don't really measure that very well. We measure what they're earning, which is important, but we don't measure their pathways, how they're thinking about it, and uh, the sense of pride in accomplishing a level of expertise that people around them don't have. In the end, apprenticeships may offer a powerful way to close the wage gap between high school graduates and college graduates. Apprenticeships are a really good mechanism for economic mobility. It's one of the few policies out there where you can see tangibly that somebody can do better potentially than their family. Somebody can do better than their peers. And it's really because they get these great opportunities to enter into occupations where maybe that door wasn't typically open to them, but because of an apprenticeship program, they have an entree into a world that they didn't know about and a really well-paying world, right? A lot of these apprenticeships, right, in advanced manufacturing, some of these apprenticeships pay very well and they have high need for skilled workers. Again, it provides an entree into a world that you don't have to have family connections. You don't have to be a certain person to kind of enter into that world. So I think it's exciting. It has a lot of possibility for economic mobility. As always, we'll close with some key takeaways. Here are three things to know. One, strong apprenticeships can provide youth with the skills to find not just jobs, but careers. They focus on learning by doing outside of the classroom. Two, apprenticeship programs have been successful in many other countries for a wide range of careers, but the U.S. has been fairly limited in its approach so far. It will be important to set standards in order for the field to grow. And three, 
U.S. apprenticeships can open doors for employers and participants. For employers, it can be a worthwhile investment in a skilled workforce. And for students, it can open more pathways to opportunity. So that's our show. Thanks again to Bob Lerman, Diana Elliott, Darla Burton, and Kevin Yonker. You can find out more about apprenticeship and our work in the show notes on our webpage, www.urban.org slash critical value. Also, happy National Apprenticeship Week. What, you didn't know? You can learn more about apprenticeship at www.apprenticeship.gov. And big thanks to all you awesome Critical Value listeners. Take a second to leave a rating on iTunes. It helps others find the show. And if you have any comments or questions, you can always email us at criticalvalue at urban.org. And thanks as always to Jacinth Jones, Katie Smith, and Robert Abair for all their help and our sound editor, Riley Byrne from podigy.co. That's P-O-D-I-G-Y dot C-O. Our theme music is by Moby. For everyone on the Critical Value team, this is Justin Milner signing off.